1: To all things Texas, both on and off the field, here's Sean Pendergast and Pro Football Hall of Famer, the General John McClain. Welcome, welcome to Utopia. All right, good general news and notes there, John. Let's get to the six-pack, let's preview this game, and then we'll get to some mailback questions and some careerless and gazes as we do a, uh, a jumbo-sized episode of the Utopia Football Podcast here. John, Titans, Texans, let's lay the groundwork here. Spread opened at about a field goal in this game. Three and a half Texans was the first spread that I saw at the beginning of the week. It has since moved, last I checked, to Texans minus five and a half in this game on the heels of C.J. Stroud actually getting out there on the practice field. Who knows? Maybe when he gets cleared fully in the concussion protocol, the thing goes up to six or seven. Um, Who knows? Uh, That feels like a big number, though, given how the Texans have played offensively the last few games with and without C.J. Stroud. Noon kick sports radio, 610, 9 a.m. Texans countdown. John McClain joins us at 1115 on Texans countdown with me and Seth Payne. And it's week 17. One more game to go after that with the Indianapolis Colts. And again, the playoff scenario is if the Texans win these last two games, they're in the postseason. But we'll be keeping an eye on the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Carolina Panthers, because if the Jags slip up and the Texans win out, then the Texans will win the division in D'Amico Ryan's first year. This is all still in play here in week 17, which is what's made this season so much fun. So, John, let's do the six-pack here. Uh, Six people, players, coaches, storylines that are going to impact this game, and then we'll give our prediction on the game for this Sunday. You go first.
0: Well, obviously, C.J.'s most important player for the Texans. When he comes out, you know, I'm sure Bobby Sloick wants that back foot. When it hits the ground, he wants him to throw it. Stroud likes to hold it a little bit so he can throw it down the field. He'll be looking down the field as always, but I would say as long as he doesn't turn it over, and he still doesn't turn it over. He has the second-best touchdown-to-interception ratio in the NFL. So if he were to come out and throw a couple of interceptions, everybody's going to freak out. But hopefully he comes out and he doesn't, and he builds a little confidence, maybe throwing a few short passes, but he doesn't want to turn it over. I think if they don't turn it over, they're going to win this game.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I I hope that that's the I hope that that's the case. And obviously protecting CJ is a huge thing as you pointed out um a few minutes ago and they'll be doing that with a uh, an offensive line that I, I I mean it looked like Charlie Heck played most of the last game and George Fant was on an exercise bike for the the entirety of the game and it sounded like from the the practice the you know the first string that was running out there at practice on Wednesday included Charlie Heck. So it looks like Charlie Heck has supplanted George Fant at right tackle, John? Is that what you're Last week,
0: know. Fant was yeah. full participation in practice, coming back from that injury. And I know the coaches loved him. Now, Fant played well in his first game. He made some mistakes, but I don't think he played very well against the Browns. But I don't think anybody heck. You mean you said you said fair. Well. You well?
1: You you meant heck? Heck said, yeah yeah But yeah. heck,
0: I think he struggled against the Browns. Yeah. And just like almost every player did, and when you see that score. 36-22, It's so misleading because they. Oh just yeah, no that there. game, John. That, Butt ended that to him.
1: Yeah, no that that game. The, the, you know, score wise, that game was reminding me of that Bears game a few years ago in Chicago, which I think mm. the final score was thirty-six to seven or thirty-nine to seven. And when that that Texans you know, when the game at NRG was thirty-six seven on Sunday, I'm like, yeah, this is a this is a this is a blowout by a, guy, a quarterback who'd been kind of forgotten by everybody. You know, Trubisky a few years ago, and now Flacco. Um, this time around, Joe Flacco was tremendous in that game on, uh, on Sunday. All right, he's my...
0: already won as many games this season as he won the last four.
1: Wow. That's crazy, man. I bet the Jets wish they had him
0: well they're saying they're not having any regrets that you give me a boy sure they're not he
1: was in the building last year you could have had him again he could have used the same locker if he wanted to (laughs) um all right john my first six-pack bottle here is the texans defensive line which is a big worry as you and i are recording this here the both both defensive ends as we talked about are banged up jonathan Grenard wasn't even at practice yesterday will anderson not participating in practice i don't anticipate either of those guys playing in this game so you're gonna have Old Jerry Hughes and old Derek Barnett, both I think they both got about 79, 80% of the snaps against Cleveland. Um, so it's going to look a little different this time around. Jonathan Grenard was a monster in that first game. With no Will Anderson, Jonathan Grenard was a monster in that game two weeks ago. Um, so normally I would say, well, it's really going to fall on the interior of the defensive line to set the tone. Well, both of those guys missed practice on Wednesday. Now hopefully both of them are back, and that's just managing some older players you know bumps and bruises here hopefully that's the case but the defensive line was the tone setter two weeks ago with the performance they had against Derrick Henry and I think they're going to need to do that again today Derrick Henry's a proud dude I'm guessing he's coming in trying to look a whole lot like the Derrick Henry we were used to seeing before week 15 of this season
0: maybe they should put Khalil Davis outside they won't but every time the guy plays he makes a play Kurt Heinish comes off the bench. He's he's good for a player, two every game. Mm-hmm. The interior defensive line has been outstanding. Their improvement against the run, they shut down everybody's run. They shut down the Browns' run. I think they're going to shut down the Titans again. It'll come down to whether it's Tannehill or Levis is going to have to throw the ball. They're just not going to get the pressure without Gennard and Anderson. Derek Barnett's from Nashville. And he went to the University of Tennessee, so maybe he'll be extra fired up like he was in his first start two weeks ago. You know, they're also missing their fourth-round pick, Dylan Horton, who's on IR, who flashed when he got opportunities. And they need Jerry Hughes to play the best game of the season because at 35, he hasn't done much. It's probably going to be his last year in the NFL. They need him to come up
1: big. Do we see T.R. Tartt for the first time?
0: I think we will. And had, how many tackles can you suit up? Hines isn't going anywhere. And Khalil Davis isn't going anywhere. And T.R. Tartt hates the Titans because he let his contract uh, be a distraction. And he talked mm-hmm. about it too much, and he didn't put out, and they cut him. And I can't imagine why you would claim the guy if you didn't plan on using him. So I think yeah. we'll see him in on some uh, rundowns.
1: All right, what's your next one, John, in the six-pack here?
0: I think it's got to be the secondary that just got burned big time by Joe Flacco. The corners all got beat. Derek Stingley Jr. has been playing great. He got beat once, although they were trying to throw away from him since he doesn't cover the top receiver all over the field. Steven Nelson got beat one time. Uh, Desmond King all of them Joe Flacco and Amari Cooper if they could have just done done something about Amari Cooper it'd been a great defensive game Mm -hmm. but they were totally totally taken advantage of so the secondary whether it's Levis who likes to go deep or Tannehill who played horribly before getting hurt you know he's itching to come back here and play well where he has never lost and uh, so I think throwing the ball down the field, DB's got to make uh, a significant improvement.
1: Tannehill's never lost at NRG Stadium.
0: No, he's played here three times. He's won all three. Oh, that's
1: he's disgusting. only won
0: one up there, and that was overtime in, uh, yeah. I, I think, 2020.
1: Yeah. Oh, that disgusts me. Okay. Um, John, my next one in the six-pack is Devin Singletary in the run game. They're 3-0 and this year when Devin Singletary runs for more than a 100 yards, the last one being two weeks ago against the Tennessee Titans. And I think what interests me the most, I think it's been established now that Devin Singletary is going to be the bell cow for this team moving forward. Last week he led the team in carries. It was only nine carries, but that's because the game was so out of hand early on. You could tell this was going to be a game where they were going to have to throw the football, and they got behind by two, three scores, and then the, the running game was just out the window at that point. Um, but I'll be real interested to see, you know, with, with CJ under center, how effective the Texans are running the football against the very same defense with Devin Singletary. A lot was made by former players like Clint Sterner and Seth Payne. A lot was made by Nick Casario and D'Amico Ryans about how maybe having Case Keenum under center in that Tennessee game was one of the reasons why the running game thrived so well. Just getting the team in the right Getting the team in the right formations, understanding what the the scheme was going on across the line of scrimmage from them, that maybe Case Keenum's acumen and brain power was what helped open things up for Devin Singletary. Um, so I look, this isn't me saying I'd rather have Case Keenum starting against the Titans on Sunday. I wouldn't, but I'm just anxious to see if they're able to run the ball as effectively two weeks later against the same defense that Singletary really carried the offense. In two or against two weeks ago,
0: I'm pretty sure that's not going to happen. Mike Vrabel's too good of a coach. When Jeff, Jeffrey Simmons played, they're one of the best teams in the NFL against the run. Now they're, they're in the middle of the pack. But they got a lot of pride. They know they got physically beaten up front. I think they're going to have a game plan designed specifically to stop Singletary. I wish we had thought about putting Damian Pierce on kickoff returns because he's a straight-ahead guy who can run over people, and he showed that better late than never. Think of him as a kickoff returner. But it's going to come down to Stroud having to throw the ball because I think both teams are going to shut down the run. All
1: right. So with that in mind, John, what's your final six-pack item?
0: My final six-pack item is going to be the guy that won the game with a 50-yard field goal with no time left. These two teams played the most one-score games in the NFL. The Texans have, of their last 11, nine have been by seven or fewer, eight have been by six or fewer, five have been by three or fewer, Difference is the Texans have had a winning record in those games. Titans have had a losing record. So there's a good chance it's going to be close again. And therefore, Kaimi Fairbairn, who you had as one of your picks before the last game two weeks ago, I'm having Kaimi because I think it's going to be close. I think he's going to have to kick some field goals
1: Yeah, I think so too. I, I was you 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 kind of stole mine, but I've got a backup, John. So no no problems there. But um
0: next man yeah, up.
1: Yeah, well, the <laughs> as far as items in the six pack, I'll go next man up. But I, I was gonna use special teams. You kind of touched on both of the things I was gonna say with special teams, and I've got a six pack, I've got a final item I'm gonna get to. But I think your yours is a good one. Like I think Kaimi is gonna factor huge into this game. I think it's gonna be a close game. I really do. And I so I would I was gonna do just sort of a catch-all special teams. Damian Pierce is this new weapon in the kickoff return. It wasn't just the touchdown, John. He had good returns all day long, I thought. There were a couple a couple more that it looked like he was going to break. I really like this new approach with um with uh Damian Pierce in the kick return game and I we talked to him on the post-game show after that loss to the Browns and his perspective on everything was just so refreshing. As far as where he is, like he he flat out said, "I'm not the back they need me to be. I have not attained that yet." You know, and, and he acknowledges like what a difficult transition it's been for him to a new system. Um, He's just man, you just want to root for the guy. He's he's awesome. But as far as like special teams, I'm just going to add on this and then I'll get to a, a final six pack item. Cam Johnson has not punted well the last few games. He's not punted great. He hasn't been the Cam Johnson that we became accustomed to in terms of completely shifting field position. He's had way more punts where you're like, oh, that's short or it's bouncing backwards or whatever. He's had more of that over the last three, four weeks, and he had it feels like in the previous two-and-a-half seasons uh, as the Houston Texans punter. So, he, Kim Johnson needs to kind of get his groove back as well.
0: He better because his contract's up. He's the only player Nick Casario's given a contract of three years to to get him Mm -hmm. away from the Eagles. And yet, despite having a 40 and a 30, I think, in the last two games, he still had his net more than 40 because he gets them inside to the 20. Yeah. And uh thing about Damian Pierce, his attitude's incredible. Just like Jalen Petrie, the two players affected the most by what D'Amico Rhines is doing this year on offense and defense are Damian Pierce and Jalen Petrie. And hopefully with an offseason after this season, they can figure it out next season.
1: Yep, absolutely. My last one, John, I'll just keep it real simple. Nico Collins, like he's the one plus-plus weapon that you've got – Offensively out there, um, he. I What I take solace in is the fact that they lost Tank Dell very early in that loss to the Denver Broncos. Or I'm sorry, the win over the Denver Broncos. They lost Tank Dell pretty early in that game, and Nico still had his biggest game of the season with nine catches for 191 yards. I think if I think to your point, if they don't turn the ball over and Nico has a monster game like that, I can't envision a scenario where the Titans do enough to win this football game. If you've got Nico out there getting nearly 200, I'm not saying he's got to get 200 yards, but he needs to be the guy that we've seen flash at times this year as being, giving glimpses of being a number one type receiver, and he's going to have to do it without the 1A out there, Tank Dell. So Nico Collins, John, if they're going to win this game, a big Nico Collins game, I think is going to be necessary. And
0: Stroud will have three receivers, Noah Brown as well as tight end Dalton Schultz, and Brevin Jordan has made big catches and at least one good play Mm -hmm. in each game. I think they're okay at receiver. The key is, can they give Stroud time to throw, which he hasn't gotten in the last two games against Denver and the Jets? And Denver, he ended up throwing for like 294 yards, and the main thing is he doesn't turn it over. Right now, there's only three teams that have a better plus-minus differential than the Texans at plus eight. Like the Browns are like minus seven. Yeah. Because Flacco's had five interceptions, let's see, five interceptions in the last two games, and they've won both because they're scoring mm-hmm. a lot of points. But uh, in the, in this case, they're not turning it over, and that's a big reason they're where they are, playing for a chance to make the playoffs.
1: Yep, absolutely. All right, John, so before we get to the mailbag and the for real or frugazis, what's your prediction on the game?
0: I think the Texans are going to win this game 23-20. 23-20, yeah,
1: 2017 Texans. So you and I are the same mind. It's fairly low-scoring game, won by a field goal. Um, and hopefully if that's the case, then next week it's really fun. I mean, if they win this game, next week it's really fun. It's basically the playoffs start. If they win this game, the playoffs start Monday. Because if the Colts can lose their game this weekend against the Raiders, fall to eight and eight and if the texans are nine and seven and the colts beat the texans to where they're both nine and eight the colts get the tiebreaker over the texans um so because they'll be two and zero against them head to head so um if they win this game the texans the playoff the playoff basically start on monday for them like
0: the i'm sorry That's like the jaguar Colts that reason American-